Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the Snipe and Selly podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. Skating a man down tonight, but we do have Lauren and Haley with us. Ladies, how are you? Doing pretty good. Another week. Happy Monday. Just trying to get by. <laughs> yeah, it's a Monday, so you know. Hopefully, every this week goes really well, and this is just the start of it. Yeah, Monday's definitely rough in general. Uh, when you're waiting to hear back about a real estate transaction, they can get even more stressful. Uh, so <laughs> everyone keep your fingers crossed for, uh, for, for old Mark uh, that he hears some good news. Uh, hopefully by the time you, uh, you're listening to this episode. But glad to hear that you're both doing well. It is always a treat to sit down with both of you, and uh, we hope to have Jake with us next week. It is finals week for Jake. Uh, always weird that, you know, three of us are, are all pretty much uh, clo- close in age, and then we have Jake who's taking finals, and I don't envy how he feels right now, and I'm, uh, <laughs> I just expressed that I'm pretty nervous at the moment. So uh, good luck to Jake on his finals. Um, but stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts on what's been going on around the National Hockey League and the hockey world as a whole since the last time we all got together. And so without further delay, let's drop the puck for our opening face-off. And so for our opening face-off, uh, you know, Lauren, we'll go to you first. Anything that's uh, kind of on your mind since the last time we got together, it's, you know, there's, there's been a lot that's happened. Yeah, there, there really has been. And I'm super pumped for the women being able to get their tournament in. I think that's really big. I really hope that, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure they're happy. Um, I'm glad that they were able to figure this out. Um, and we have, we certainly have a lot to talk about. I mean, Bruins are a point away from clinching a playoff spot. There's a lot going around in the NHL. So, but big shout out to, to the women because they get what they worked so hard for and what they deserve and they get to play on the big stage now. Absolutely. So, I mean, it, we, in our last episode talked about, you know, this, the disappointment uh, about the women's world championships being canceled and, you know, kind of the, you know, the disappointment in the IAHF that they didn't foresee the potential issues with uh, having, you know, this tournament hosted in Canada with all of the, the issues that they're having with, uh, you know, different strains and lockdowns and, uh, and you know, uh, difficulty getting people vaccinated at the moment. So, uh, it's good to see that in just the matter of one week, the IAHF has already come to its senses and uh, they're getting this tournament rescheduled. And, you know, thank God for these ladies, they'll be able to still compete at the highest level. So uh, that will be one of our news items that we'll discuss in a little bit greater depth here. Uh, but thank you for sharing, Lauren. Haley, how about yourself? Do you have an opening face-off for us tonight on this Monday evening? So I'll probably get into this later towards the end but it doesn't seem like my plea to the San Jose Sharks worked very well um they have not been winning all of their last few games of the season so yeah kind of sad about that yeah I mean you knew it was kind of a long shot I know uh, <laughs> Haley doesn't ask for much and that's all she asked for and they can't even do that yeah, those I damn didn't even sharks. say make sure you get into the playoffs. I just said try to win all your last games <laughs> here, and you know, 
I, I didn't even watch some of them, but my husband would literally look at his phone and go, the sharks suck, and then shut his phone off. So I had um, an idea of what was happening. Yeah, I mean, when things are not going well for your team, like the first goal of a game is always just like the, all right, well, here we go again. Like, it just seems like when it rains, it pours. Like when, when things are going well, that first one's like, okay, like it, it, good times are rolling. Like, uh, you know, the, the boys are buzzing. And when, you know, you've lost a few in a row, that first, you fall behind early. It's like, all right, well, what's the point? At least from a fan perspective, I would hope that's not the mentality of the players, but uh, yeah, from a fan perspective, it's like, oh my God, like let's get this over with. Uh, as for myself, uh, my opening face off, has to do with one man and one man only. Tyler Sagan. Welcome back, Tyler Sagan. As we record, he is getting ready to make his season debut after missing the first 50, 51, 52 games of the season uh, that, that the Stars have played. Uh, so welcome back, Sags. Uh, it has been a, uh, a, you know, it's been an up and down season for the Stars uh, in general, but especially without uh, one of their best players. Uh, he's recovered from uh, a number of, of injuries, but including a sports hernia that really limited him last year. So welcome back. I'm hoping that the Stars can, uh, you know, get that final playoff spot in the Central and maybe make a run. You know, uh, you know, it never hurts to add a, uh, you know, a goal scorer as talented as Sagan, who's now healthy and has fresh legs at a time when a lot of players don't. So welcome back, my friend. Still wish that you hadn't been traded, but if you know enough about the Boston Bruins uh, around that time, you kind of know why. Anyway, let's move on to uh, you know, let's move on to our coast to coast segment with our news. Now that we've got our opening face-offs out of the way, and we have two major news items that we want to discuss on today's episode before getting into some fun discussion. One of them is encouraging, uh, and that is we'll, we'll save the best for last. We'll save our our news segment on uh, the women's world championships for for next, but. The first segment is a very unfortunate piece of news, and it revolves around the Vancouver Canucks and not for positive COVID test reasons this time. Uh, so within the last uh, you know, few days, the Canucks placed forward Jake Vertanen on leave after sexual misconduct allegations, and obviously very serious. Um, the, the team released a statement on Saturday saying that we have become aware of the concerning allegations made about Jake Vertanen. Our organization does not accept sexual misconduct of any kind, and the claims as reported are being treated very seriously by us. We have engaged external expertise to assist in an independent investigation, and we have placed the player on leave as we wait more information. I mean, I know that placing a player on leave and releasing a statement like this is literally the bare minimum, but... I like that the Canucks acted quickly about this. Um, they didn't drag their feet. They didn't say, well, you know, let's gather more facts and kind of, you know, not take a stand. Uh, they basically said, hey, this is, we're taking this uh, seriously. Uh, you know, these are serious accusations. He will not be around the team. You know, I, I think terminating someone's contract while you're still fact finding might be a bit excessive. So uh, I, I saw some people saying, you know, maybe they should have just released him. That should certainly be what is done uh, when, if more facts come out and, uh, and that, you know, winds up, uh, the accusations wind up being true. But I think for now, in my opinion, I think that the actions taken by the Canucks uh, were pretty strong. Um, and in this particular situation, uh, this is a, a woman who has remained anonymous and 
we we know why, uh, especially when you you know you have the Deshaun Watson case in the NFL most recently. You know that uh, accusers want to stay anonymous because they do not want to be attacked publicly. They don't want to have their their name smeared. You don't want to have you know crazy online keyboards calling them liars. So uh, you know, good for her for remaining anonymous. And uh, you know, this essentially revolves around an incident that took place back in September of 2017. Um, so. It's, uh, it's, there are more details in, uh, in you know, some of these stories online. You can read up about this case. But uh, what I'd like to discuss with my line mates is just, A, do you think that the actions taken by the Canucks here uh, were strong enough? Uh, or do you think that more needed to be done? And, you know, when you compare this to, uh, you know, what has gone on, again, with Deshaun Watson in the National Football League, do you think that the NHL needs to, kind of take it upon themselves to, to act stronger out of the gate to, uh, to avoid the same situation where, you know, you have people saying that the NFL, again, you know, no action to this point has been taken against Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, you are innocent until proven guilty, but when accusations are this strong, you know, again, you need to, you need to do more than just play the wait and see game. Uh, so Lauren, I'd love to start with you. Um, you know, what do you think about uh, the statement made by the Canucks? Do you think that uh, further action should have been taken? Uh, how do you think it's being handled thus far? I know you said it that like the bar is literally on the floor with how these things can be handled. Um, but I think the Canucks did it swiftly. I think they, they gathered the facts that they had. They took the accusations that they had and they did what they felt was right. And I think that's the right move for now. I think terminating his contract would have been a little over the top, just given the fact that we don't have all the facts. Um, they're clearly taking these accusations seriously, which is much more than the NFL can say. And, you know, I think the, the woman was smart, obviously, to remain anonymous. And, you know, when that story came out, of course, you, you see a ton of people just being like, well, why is she just saying things now? Why is she going to the media where it's sometimes the media is the only way to get this, the, the police to take this seriously. And sometimes that's just what you have to do. And if you want your story to be heard, you know, it's not even about putting Jake Vertanen under the bus, throwing him under the bus or whatever, which if this is all true, then he deserves to be thrown under the bus. But you know, if she wants to share her story and hopefully this helps somebody down the road, she can handle her trauma however she wants to handle it. Like that's, that's on her. And if she felt going to the media to get this out and to get it taken seriously was the step she had to take, then good for her and good for the, the Canucks for putting him on leave because you can, you can believe this woman, but also want all the facts against uh, Vernon because these are very serious accusations. And you can't just sit here and say, well, he's, he, why, like, he wouldn't do that. Why, why wouldn't he? Do you guys know him personally? And she, well, she's probably lying. Okay, same question. Do you know her personally? Like, there's, there's so much to look into when these accusations come out because they are so serious. Um, but then, like you said, you look at the NFL and what they're doing with Deshaun Watson, and it's like, would they be doing this if he, like, would he be on leave if he was, I don't want to say a no name, but if he wasn't like a big name, if Deshaun Watson, everyone knows who Deshaun Watson is. If he was some, you know, middle linebacker, some cornerback that people didn't really know of, they'd probably be on leave. Um, but, you know, you have 20 plus women coming out saying that he did these disgusting acts toward them and acted the way he did toward them. And it's just like, well, 
we'll see. Like we'll keep uh, we'll keep him on the roster, and it's you know the team's not doing anything, the league's not doing anything. So to see this kind of action take place from a big sports team is almost reassuring, and it really shouldn't be because, like you said, the it's bare minimum what they're doing, and this is what should be done no matter who it is. Because um, when you put them on leave, you can bring them back whenever. You're just trying to get everything under control. You're trying to get the facts. And putting them on leave, you're not, you're not terminating their contract. You're not harming their reputation or anything. Like you are literally just waiting to see what, what is facts and what is fiction. So, what, yeah. So it's just, it's obviously very serious. I think they're taking it seriously. And I think the NFL can learn a thing or two just by putting somebody on leave rather quickly, no matter how valuable they are to your team. That was very, very eloquently said, Lauren, uh, unsurprisingly. Uh, and that was exactly how I feel as well. Uh, you know, you need to take accusers, uh, you know, you need to take victims seriously. And, you know, again, yes, you do want to collect all the facts, but you cannot dismiss accusations out of hand based on the fact that, you know, X player is an athlete. And again, we know these, these players based off of public persona, uh, you know, what they say in the media. We don't know who they are behind closed doors. So to dismiss accusations out of hand because, well, you know, I, I, I like him. He seems like a good guy. No, you know, you need to let the, the case play out. And the best way to do that is to remove that player from that environment. And it's also, that's what's most fair to his teammates uh, because, you know, his teammates don't, uh, you know, should not have this, uh, you know, to be questioned about this constantly. Uh, you know, if, if their teammate, uh, you know, did something to this extent uh, and, you know, committed the, the, this, uh, you know, these acts of misconduct, then he shouldn't be around the team anyway, but they also should not have to be dragged into that story. They've certainly all gone through enough as it is. Um, so Haley, I'd love to hear from you on this. Do you think that, uh, you know, you know, to, similar to what Lauren has said that, uh, the Canucks acted appropriately here, do you think further action should have been taken and just, you know, the, again, the, the nature of, especially online dismissing some of these accu accusations out of hand, just based on the fact that, well, I don't want this person to be guilty because, you know, they play for my favorite team. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to keep my emotions in check a little bit because this stuff, it just gets me so heated um, knowing a lot of women that have gone through this personally as well. And I just want to say that like for the Canucks, yes, it is considered bare minimum, but what else do we expect them to do right now? Right? Because it's just an accusation. So what they did is the correct thing to do. And so we don't know if this is true or not, but we are going to make sure that we at least put him on leave. That's, that's not telling the, the victim that they don't believe her. That's telling her that, okay, we're gonna find out if this is true. So we're gonna take immediate action and we're gonna place him on leave so that we can figure this out. And if he is, then he will no longer play, at least for the Canucks. Let's hope at all if it is true. Um, and I just think that that says a lot. I think it says a whole lot when you look at the Sean Watson case, but not even Deshaun Watson, just the NFL in general, because they're disgusting in how they handle violent acts towards women, not just sexual assault, but domestic violence. They do nothing. They, they maybe get a couple games suspended potentially, 
but for the most part, players can still play after things like this. So the silence we've really heard on the Deshaun Watson case with the NFL, with the Houston Texans in general, is just disgusting in my opinion. I just feel like that you have all these women coming forward. These stories are all the same. It's maddening to say the least. But my opinion when it comes to social media is that victims are always most of the time, not by everybody, but there's always people out there that immediately do not believe them, that immediately discredit them, that immediately blame them for the situation, even if it did happen. And so I just think that we really do need to take a step back. Like we don't know athletes. We don't, we do not know celebrities just because they are this great person on TV or even if they do good things for their city because Deshaun Watson has done great things for Houston uh, after the hurricane does not mean that they can't commit these acts. It does not mean that they cannot do things like this also. So I just think that most people just need to kind of do what the connects did. Okay. You're on leave. Let's find out the facts. Let's not immediately believe or disbelieve something. And, you know, when the facts are literally being thrown at you and staring you in the face and you still don't believe women, then, or a man, because women are not the only victims when it comes to these types of acts, then maybe take a look inside yourself. You know, the, the facts are telling you something is true and you're still not believing it. There, there's an issue there as well. But I do, I, I applaud the connects for at least taking an immediate stand to say, yeah, you're going to go on leave for this until we figure out what's going on. Absolutely. It just very well said by both of you. It just, yeah, it, it, it needs to be just, you know, pounded and uh, until, you know, people start to, to realize it, like, you know, pounded into people's heads that every accusation should be considered serious right away. Um, and if, Jake Vertanen winds up being cleared, then, you know, again, no harsh action was taken uh, against him that was unnecessary. Again, his contract has not been terminated as of this time. He's simply away from the team while uh, they await more information. So hopefully we learn all the facts, uh, that, uh, you know, everything is brought to light. And, you know, I, we just hope that everything is all right for, especially for uh, the victim, because uh, there is just there's nothing okay with, um, you know, with, with anyone feeling uncomfortable or feeling, uh, you know, violated. So, you know, we certainly hope that, that uh, this young lady is doing okay at this time. And so our next topic, you know, as we transition, as uh, Lauren alluded to earlier in her opening face-off, we have good news. Uh, you know, the Women's, World's Champion, uh, bleh, Women's World Championships, which just in our previous episode, we had talked about how it was disappointing that, that they had been postponed. They literally had teams ready to board a plane and, uh, and, and head to, uh, to uh, this tournament. And it just seemed like, you know, nothing. Uh, IIHF had just uh, was completely unprepared for the potential for Canada to be unsuitable to host this tournament. Long story short, less than a week later, we have word that uh, the this the women's world championships will be rescheduled. Uh, they will be uh, rescheduled for the end of August. So basically, in the grand scheme of things, end up being delayed by additional three months. 
not ideal, but at least we have you know a, a firm date. Um, so the 2021 Women's World Championships will now be held from August 20th through the 31st, and it will be at a site in Canada still. So it will still be taking place in Canada. I know that in our last episode we kicked around like, hey, you know, could this be moved to the U.S. Uh, you know, the, with how vaccinations are going over here, um, you know, it, it, there there's that lies that possibility. Uh, but it will indeed still take place in Canada. The site itself has yet to be determined. So there is still one loose end, but at least we have a date. Uh, and we have obviously the, the confirmation that the tournament itself will actually take place again. So um, again, it was supposed to take place from May 6th through the 16th, uh, but Nova Scotia was just simply unable to, to hold this tournament we do not know if this will still take place in Nova Scotia, but at the end of the day, we have a tournament again, which is, which is fantastic. So, uh, Haley, I'm going to start with you this time. Uh, you know, just your excitement level at the fact that this tournament, uh, you know, we, we go from like, you know, 100 to zero and then zero to 100 again. Uh, so we will have the Women's World Championships in August. How do you feel? I mean, it's just really exciting. I feel like the women were heard like, you know, don't just cancel it, just reschedule it. It's COVID is a thing. It's going to happen. It's going to get in the way of sports stuff as well as other things in life. So they should have had a plan and they didn't, and they canceled it when they shouldn't have. And so it feels like, you know, there was enough uproar or enough talking behind the scenes for it to actually get rescheduled. So I am pumped. I cannot wait to watch it after watching the Isabel cup. Like I just want more women's hockey in my life. So I am really excited that it's rescheduled and that these women get to go out there and prove why women's hockey is so exciting and get more viewers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and while, you know, Hillary Knight's point that, uh, you know, the, the cancellation at the last minute was yet another reminder that, you know, women's hockey continues to be, you know, undervalued and, uh, and, you know, mistreated compared to, uh, you know, men's hockey, the fact that they were able to respond to it so quickly, like, you know, similar to what we were talking about before, uh, the bar has been set very low, but at least, uh, you know, you had the IIHF reacting very quickly and saying, okay, you, let's get this rescheduled, you know, the, let, let's do the right thing here. Yeah, there was no need in the first place for it to be canceled. It should have always just been rescheduled. And I hope that in the future, the amount of like uproar and people against it being canceled will change their ways and how they think about that. Um, maybe open their eyes a little bit more. Slim chance because we have pointed out that that happens to women's sports a lot and it's not just hockey, but that is one of my hopes that this can maybe just give them an extra tiny little voice in the back of their brain that says, well, maybe we shouldn't just cancel it right away. Maybe there's another solution. Yeah, exactly. And it, it was, it seemed like they managed to scramble to get this rescheduled pretty quickly because I guess uh, the IAHF met with all teams. Uh, they asked them for their preference on, you know, when this tournament could be played. There was not a consensus. Uh, you know, some teams preferred to play in early September. Others preferred the, the ultimate uh, chosen date of late August. But at the end of the day, they were able to get this done. And of course, you have to keep it 
in mind as well, you know, you have, you know, professional women's leagues like the NWHL uh, that, uh, you know, is going to start back up. So you don't want to stack this tournament up against if, in case you have participants who, who play in that league, which uh, I'm sure there are, you know, you, you don't want to stack those up too, too quickly. So I'm glad they were able to, to come to an agreement that works out for everyone. Lauren, you know, just your thoughts in general on the fact that this tournament, again, pretty unacceptable that, you know, given that we've, we've been in, you know, this pandemic for a full year now that the IAHF had no backup plan to begin with. I feel like, you know, even moving forward, I just think that any tournament, uh, any sort of, uh, you know, competition with uh, multiple teams and entrants, regardless of sport, should have some sort of a backup plan in place. But uh, the fact that the, the, this was able to be rescheduled so quickly, do you think that it shows that, uh, that these committees, these uh, federations are starting to get it and they're starting to you know, put some respect uh, behind the, the women's sport? Or do you think that this was simply, okay, you know, there, there's a lot of outrage. Let, let, you know, this shouldn't be a difficult thing to fix. Let's fix it. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I do know that the COVID numbers in Nova Scotia are pretty bad right now. Um, I know that Canada is having issues with the vaccine and everything just because of, um, I don't know if it's supply and demand, and then you get the first one and then you have to wait literally three months to get your second one. So it's, it's just a mess up there. But I think they realized that, you know, they, it was easy to reschedule that it was very simple. All you had to do was have a plan B. And, um, you know, I think Haley said it perfectly that there was no reason it should have been canceled. It always should have been, oh, it's, it's postponed. It's, um, you know, it's not canceled. We just need to figure out what to do. Like, it's just like the NWHL did. Like, the season is on hold right now. It's paused. And we just need to get our players healthy and then get it situated and find a place to to hold the games and I just feel like in a huge tournament with some of the best women hockey players in the world I'm sure there'd be a ton of places out there being like we want to host this because the NWHL was so successful last year with all their viewers and being on NBC you'd think that a, a venue would want to do anything they can to get more exposure and also host, like I said, some of these, the best women hockey players in the world. So I do think, you know, it was a little bit of the, the social media bullying and just wondering why they couldn't do, couldn't finish the tournament or couldn't hold the tournament when we all know that if it was men's, it would have been, there would have been a plan B or it would have never been canceled. It would have just been like, oh, we're going to move it. Like there would have been no talk of it being like postponed, canceled, anything. Um, so I do think that they are starting to see that these women know they don't generate as much revenue as the NHL or men's hockey, but with the help, with the help from the IHF, from the NHL, that can change and they have to be part of that change. And I think it's starting to click a little bit in their heads. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that these, these women being unfazed and unafraid to use their platform, especially on social media to advocate for themselves and speak up for themselves definitely helps as well. You know, you, when you have, uh, you know, women like Hillary Knight, uh, you know, you know, kind of putting the IAHF on blast, that certainly helps, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, when the voices start to, to, you know, 
multiply, uh, that, that definitely helps. Uh, so, you know, the fact that it required, uh, you know, some cyberbullying, uh, like for, for lack of a better term, uh, is not great. But again, at least it got done. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the, these elite athletes don't have to go through this again. So it's just, it's great news that the tournament is being rescheduled. We will keep our eyes peeled for, you know, uh, an exact venue, uh, you know, a portion over there in Canada. But, uh, you know, late August, we know that we're, we're getting this tournament and that's very exciting. So, uh, yeah, the end of the day, that's just uh, a, a, something that we're all looking forward to. So that kind of does it for our news segments right now. There have been some things that have happened uh, across the National Hockey League uh, that uh, we'll probably touch on before we wrap up our episode. Again, the, the beauty of live podcasting, uh, you know, th things happen and we can react to them. But before we do that, I wanted to uh, engage in our, in our chirp session, just a, you know, a little bit of a, a fun conversation. And it revolves around a team that we've discussed several times on the show that technically didn't exist yet, but as of this past week, now finally does. The Seattle Kraken have been released. They are officially the 32nd NHL team. Uh, you know, that was a formality. Everyone knew it was going to happen. I mean, they had uniforms and everything, but they made their final uh, you know, league entrance payment, and they've officially been, uh, you know, instated into the National Hockey League. So even though they are obviously not playing games at the moment because they still don't have any players, uh, technically there are 32 NHL teams as of this moment. And as of this moment, the Seattle Kraken have the ability to sign players. Uh, they have the ability to, to start making trades, you know, once uh, trades can be made again. But technically, you know, as of right now, if there's an unsigned, you know, college free agent, you know, the, the Seattle Kraken do have the ability to, to sign that player. Um, you know, I, nothing has been rumored as of yet, but, uh, you know, they, they, they are operating uh, just like the other 31 NHL teams. So really exciting news. And so to my, my fantastic line mates, I want to, you know, kind of get your thoughts. What do you think the first move that the Seattle Kraken should make now that they are uh, officially in the National Hockey League. And this doesn't have to be a player transaction. I mean, like, what is, like, the first hockey-based decision they should make? Uh, it could be, like, you know, who – I don't – do they have a mascot in place yet? I don't know. Like, uh, it, it could be uh, any number of things. So, uh, you know, to Lauren, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think the first move that the Seattle Kraken – should make as an uh, now that they're officially an NHL team should be. They need to sign Anders Bjork to a lifetime contract. Um, no, I'm just kidding. As much as I would love to see that happen, um, you know, I think they've done a good job making a positive social media presence. But in the, you know, I and I hate thinking that like a hockey team needs to think about social media. But it's 2021. This is how a lot of these teams become relatable to their fans, and I really think they need to really nail down. Um, how to be inclusive with everybody. You know, they're this new franchise. They, they preach, not that them, but the NHL, you know, preaches hockey is for everyone. This new team comes in and just kind of hits it out of the park with what they should do with being inclusive and doing more than maybe just a pride night um, and just kind of figure that out. I think that would go a long way. I think that would be really helpful with, with trying to be more inclusive toward fans and just really kind of taking a stand on that. Um, 
I know that's kind of a serious thing, but also like the mascot obviously is, is really lighthearted and fun too. Um, I don't know if they have one as well, but it'd be fun to like, again, include your fans and be like, what should we do for a mascot? Or like, here's our final, like th final four, like do a bracket challenge or something. So I think there's plenty of ways to use their platform for good. And I think they've done a good job right now. It's just a matter of, you know, also hiring the right people for that role and then carrying that message throughout the season and throughout their social media team. Absolutely. And uh, I know that, that the Kraken have been doing, they've undergone a number of initiatives to, uh, to try and uh, have a, a, a diverse hockey operations team. I know that they're out in the community and trying to uh, you know, make all of Seattle just embrace this franchise, uh, you know, not even from a hockey perspective, uh, hockey perspective, but just uh, in terms of a Seattle perspective, uh, you know, make this a uh, an organization that uh, locals will be proud of. And Seattle's a, a rabid sports market in general, so you know that's definitely going to be the case. They're going to embrace this franchise, but yeah, do, you know, really utilizing social media to help uh, you know spur that change will definitely help. Lauren, I agree. Uh, Haley, what do you think the first move the Kraken should make? Uh, you know, do you think they should? Uh, I mean. Number one, do you think they should hire me as head coach? Definitely should hire you as head coach. Come on. Or GM. I mean, just in charge of decisions in general. Well, Part unfortunately, Ron Francis does have that role. So he beat me out mm -hmm. for that. But uh, they still have not hired a coach. I mean, that should probably be one of their first moves. I think that that's a huge position that needs to be filled and it needs to be the correct person. Um, I do like the idea of the mascot. I know that our minor league team here, they had their fans help with naming the mascot. So like they were, I don't think they were involved in the costume and what it looked like, but they were involved in the naming process of him, which is Ringo. <laughs> and it's really fun and everybody loves that character. I think just even not having a hockey game necessarily, but having a fun night at the rink involving their fans and just, you know, kind of like a community event that maybe is for charity and just getting the community out there to meet who the players are. And I mean, they're not obviously going to know all, like they're not going to know the players, but just to kind of get used to the area and see what it's going to be about. I think involving their fans and their community and maybe even raising money for the community is a big thing to just kind of get them kickstarted into that um, world there, but definitely a coach. That's a big thing. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I know that, and I know this because I, I bought a hat uh, once uh, merchandise was on sale. At the when they first started selling merchandise back uh, in 2020, you had a lot of the uh, for a good portion of, uh, of a few weeks there, all proceeds from merchandise sales went to to help um, you know uh, less fortunate uh, youth uh, in the Seattle area. So uh, you know they they made an impact in the community, uh, you know, with their wallets right away saying, Hey, you know, buy our merch, but it's, you know, it's not lining our pockets. It's going back into, uh, into our community. So, you know, continuing to do stuff like that, again, just making it bigger than hockey can help bring fans in. And like you said, also, you know, having the fans kind of involved in the process of maybe, you know, voting for uh, or even designing a mascot. Cause I know that the search is underway, but there has been no final determination. So maybe in you know, enveloping the fan base and uh, getting them involved, uh, you know, that when you 
when you have a vested interest in how something looks uh, and how something turns out, like when you feel like you're part of the decision-making process, you're more, you know, likely to, to follow that team afterwards. So, you know, get, get the fans involved, see if they can uh, determine a mascot. I think, you know, first and foremost, I think that the Seattle Kraken, and again, Ron Francis, if you're listening, uh, you know, definitely consult me on this. I think you got to hire, if you're not going to hire me, uh, I, you got to hire Claude Julian as, as your head coach, make a splash. Uh, you know, definitely don't go the Mike Babcock route. Uh, you know, just, we don't need Mike Babcock back in the NHL. And I would hope in the somewhat likely event that uh, John Tortorella is let go by Columbus, that he's not brought in by Seattle either. Bring in Claude. Uh, I feel like that he would do well in that market. Uh, you know, he, he's a good coach. Let's keep him away from Montreal, uh, you know, being one of those coaches that Montreal recycles over and over again. But put him out, out there in Seattle. I feel like, you know, he would, he'd do well in that kind of like that rainy fish market. I could see Claude, uh, you know, making his way, uh, you being one of those guys who just tosses the, uh, the gigantic tuna uh, from one, uh, one fish market to the other. So, yeah, I say hire Claude Julian. I think that would be, be my, my first move. Make a splash. Uh, you're probably going to be dealing with a lot of veteran players anyway, because you're, you know, taking advantage of the expansion draft. And that's pretty much the only type of player that Claude Julian will work with. You know, he doesn't like, love to work with rookies. So, uh, you know, have him work with your, your veteran based team. And might I also say Seattle Kraken, please select the contract of John Moore from the Boston Bruins. Uh, fantastic defenseman. You'd love him on your blue line. You know, he'd, only play like 25 games a year, but, you know, just look past that, you know, select John Moore's contract and, uh, you know, maybe the Bruins can entice them with, you know, offering him like a mid round draft pick. Hey, take this guy off our hands. He still has like, I think another two years in his deal after this. Oh my goodness. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's the, the move for Seattle. Uh, I think, you know, in all seriousness, Claude Julian is probably the best available coach uh, if he wants to continue coaching that they could bring in at this, this stage, you know, go for a nice veteran coach to, to get, uh, get started. A guy who's won a Stanley cup. I think it'd be a good move for them. Uh, anywho, any final thoughts from either of you on, on the Kraken before we move on uh, again, it's just exciting that they're finally part of the league. Yeah. I'm just really excited. I love seeing the league league expand. Um, obviously if they're, as fun as Vegas was in their inaugural year, it's going to be really fun. And it's going to add a little more excitement to the West coast for the, for their getting, for them getting a hockey team and just, just super excited. It's, I love Seattle. I don't know why I've never been to Seattle, but I love it. And I just want them to succeed in their sports. And it's, like I said, just nice to see the league expanding into a city that is passionate about their sports. They love their baseball out there. So that's exciting for that too. Yeah, I mean, and and their hockey team. I've seen so much of social media about the Seattle hockey or the hockey, the Seattle soccer team. Sorry, and um, so I'm excited, but I'm just excited for more hockey. I'm excited to see what players that they get. I'm excited to be a part of that process because I don't remember the Vegas one or I didn't watch it at least. So I'm I'm prepared. I'm hoping maybe we can even live stream it if it's a televised event, but. I just feel like that's really cool to get to watch this time and see which players go and which ones stay. Yeah, it will be televised for sure. Um, so, 
yeah, that, that, that'll be something that we have to consider, um, you know, doing a, a little live stream event for. Uh, we had a fantastic live stream event for the NFL draft with Gridiron Girls last week here at FTF Media. So uh, we'll definitely be doing more streaming coming up. But yeah, the, the, uh, the Vegas expansion draft, I remember being kind of, kind of exciting because, again, it's just like the, mis- the, the mystery of, you know, who was left unprotected and, you know, who are we going to hold on to? And we did cover the expansion draft in pretty extensive detail in one of our previous episodes by listener request. Uh, shout out to our, our, one of our best listeners, Roy Munson. Uh, so that if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it again. We laid out all the parameters for the expansion draft. So in case you're wondering, you know, who could my team hold on to? Who might my team lose? Uh, we covered it all for you there. So definitely go back and listen to that episode. It'll be in the, in the episode description. But before we kind of wrap things up for this episode, I want to do what we do every week and go around the league and uh, have my line mates let our listeners know who's impressing them, uh, you know, who's, you know, letting them down. You know, in the time since our last episode, we, you know, made our predictions on, you know, who might round out the playoff field. And most of those spots are gone now. And, uh, and so some of those spots are no longer available. Some of the teams that we had moving into those spots are not, uh, you know, seizing that opportunity, uh, you know, Vancouver. <laughs> um, so uh, let's uh, you know, start with Lauren, you know, who's kind of uh, catching your eye here, uh, you know, down this stretch run with only a handful of games left for each team. I mean, I think there's some teams with three games left, other teams with like five, but uh, with the exception of Vancouver, pretty much everyone is, uh, is wrapping up here in short order. So you know, who's kind of got, uh, got your eye in both a positive and negative way right now? Um, I mean, obviously, I have to start with the the Bruins. They clinched a playoff spot as of Monday night, and they also like lost in all this playoff excitement as they jumped over the Islanders for the third spot. Um, it's probably going to come down to the last game when it comes to seeding for the East Division. It's just so damn close that it's really going to come down to the wire. So they the Bruins have now won, I think, four in a row. They just look like a totally different team since this trade deadline. They're re-energized. They just, they're, I just feel like they have what they're missing. And the scary part is they're not even fully healthy. I don't know if they've been fully healthy this entire year. And to, so to come out and just blank the double as a team that they have struggled against this season mightily um, really just kind of sent a message that they're not going to be an easy team. Um, no team is going to be easy. That's for sure. But Big shout out to the Bruins for clinching a division, making my job a bit easier tonight. Um, and for teams that kind of suck, to put it lightly, the Winnipeg Jets, they've lost seven in a row. I didn't realize it was that bad because they're still in a playoff spot. I don't know if they've clinched. Um, but seven in a row, you can't be losing that many games this at this point in the season. Um, it's just, it's bad. And I know the Canucks still have a handful of games, but it's you can't be falling apart right now, especially when you're holding on to a playoff spot. Um, and then just, I have to highlight Jeremy Swayman because this kid is 22 years old. He's so impressive, not even on the ice, but the way he conducts his post-game media availabilities. He's so poised. He answers your questions and he just, he says the right things. And you don't get that a lot with a 22 year old in general, never mind a 22 year old athlete. Um, 
he's just really starting to make a name for himself here in Boston. And I hope that continues. I hope this doesn't turn into like a Carter Hart thing where they, I feel like he had all his confidence in the world and then he just really wasn't NHL ready and they still kind of forced him into that situation. And now it's, I mean, the Flyers aren't making it to the playoffs this year. And that's, I mean, it's got to hurt his confidence at some point because he was one of the best goalies. So I just hope the Bruins don't take that approach, but I think, I really think that's it. I mean, shout out my abs, but I do that every week. They're always impressing me, but the Jets, man, I I don't know what's going on there. It's bizarre because they were really neck and neck with Edmonton and Toronto for a good portion of the season. And like you said, this is the worst time to go ice cold and they've lost eight of 10 and seven in a row. And at this point, you know, People were thinking, you know, Montreal, is Montreal going to, you know, wind up getting that fourth and final playoff spot? At this point, Montreal is going to uh, pass them uh, for the third spot. And, you know, Winnipeg is going to, you know, could barely hold on to uh, the, the final spot in that division. So, uh, so then you're in a position where you're going to play Toronto in round one. And Toronto's had, you know, Toronto's streaky in the sense that, you know, they, they, they win like, you know, six or seven in a row and then they'll lose two or three in a row. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the good streaks have definitely outweighed the bad streaks. So, you know, Toronto definitely looks like a team that is primed to make a run. And, you know, if you're Winnipeg right now, I don't know if you want to be facing them. So, yeah, it's just the worst time to get cold, uh, for sure. Hales, how about yourself? Uh, you know, who's kind of catching your eye at the moment? Uh, you know, we already referenced earlier in the episode, the Sharks are not living up to uh, your request. But, uh, you know, in general, you know, who's, who's kind of caught your eye right now as we get uh, towards the playoffs? Yeah, I'm definitely Boston. I feel like, you know, they knew that they needed to clinch a playoff spot and they've just been playing a lot better. And I just, I wish that they would have also passed the Penguins because I just don't like the Penguins and I want the Penguins to just do bad. So, you know, if they could uh, knock them out of the playoffs, that'd be great for me. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Obviously... They, the Sharks are terrible. The Flyers are terrible. The Flyers are horrible. I'm so mad at them this year because I just don't know what happened between the bubble and, um, sorry, my cat's on my kitchen counters as usual and knocking stuff over. Um, other than that, other than those two for, uh, bad play. I didn't even realize that the Jets were doing so bad because I was looking at like the Canucks that weren't at the bottom and now they're at the bottom. I'm like, man, we were all hoping there would be a Cinderella story and then what, what? Nope, guess not. They're definitely don't look like they're making the playoffs at all, but I am still hoping that the Coyotes and maybe y'all can let me know if they have a chance to pass the Blues still because I don't watch a lot of um, that division but I am still hoping that they can pass the blues since the sharks can't do it for me. Yeah. It's looking unlikely at this point, unfortunately Um, it's yeah, just they're running out of games. Um, So, uh, you know, Arizona as of right now, they've they're three points behind St. Louis, but also have played three more games. So St. Louis would have to go cold again. Uh, So, you know, they're not mathematically eliminated yet, but it's not looking great for Arizona. Okay, so my plea today is that the St. Louis Blues go cold. Got it. Speak it into existence, Hales. Um, yeah, listen, there have been a lot of teams. I mean, in our last episode, we kind of talked about how, you know, right off of that COVID pause, 
the Canucks had won three out of four uh, and they, they were, you know, they were looking pretty good. Uh, it was inexplicable, but the last four games, they have looked very much like a team that is winded and gassed and everything that we thought they, they were going to be, uh, you know, prior to, to their return to the ice. It's just, it's been rough on them again, you know, the Vertinen situation aside, just the, the players who have returned to the ice. Yeah. They, they just, it seems like they don't have, uh, you know, they have zero energy. Uh, you know, that, that initial burst that they had against Toronto, you know, winning back-to-back against Toronto in three out of four has left them. So uh, Vancouver is now sitting at the bottom of the Scotia North division. And listen, they're not going to be a playoff team, but I got to shout out my Ottawa Senators because despite the fact that they have had nothing to play for for a while, they are 7-2-1 and one over their last 10 games, uh, including a couple wins over Vancouver. Uh, and they're playing their way back into respectability. You know, it, it's, there are things to play for at this stage of the season, even though you're not in the, in the playoffs. You want to get your young core experience. Uh, you want to, you know, uh, have them start to gel for next season. Just, you know, kind of go out on a, on a positive note. So at this point, they do have a shot to end up finishing fifth. Again, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs, but at this point, they're only two points behind Calgary, uh, although Calgary does have two games in hand. But, uh, you know, Ottawa does have a chance to pass them, and uh, obviously it hurts them in draft position. But, you know, you're still a lottery team. Uh, you know, I think that it would be nice for them to just, you know, finish up these final four games, uh, you know, see if you can knock out another three, three wins or so. And, uh, and go into your offseason on, on a positive note because uh, it, it's, been, it's been good to see them play with uh, some purpose here despite having nothing to play for. Like Lauren mentioned, uh, you don't need to even mention Winnipeg again. It just, it's been awful. And you know, maybe they can flip a switch come playoff time, but uh, just not a position you want to be in right now where you just have zero confidence come playoff time. And like Lauren was mentioning with the um, – Mass Mutual East Division. So Boston did clinch a playoff spot uh, with their win over the Devils this evening, and uh, coupled with the Anders Bjork-led Sabers, uh, you know, topping the Islanders, Boston moved into that two-three matchup with Pittsburgh. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that Boston, despite being fourth up until you know, a couple hours ago, they could still win the Mass Mutual East Division. I think that's worth noting. Uh, they are three points out of first place right now. Uh, Washington holds that spot, but uh, Boston does have a game in hand on them. So that, you know, three point lead could be, you know, one or two or remain three, uh, depending on how, how, uh, you know, that extra game goes, but, you know, Boston has a shot here to, you know, potentially move into the one spot or at the very least they have two games in hand on Pittsburgh, maybe pass them and have home ice advantage in that series. So yeah, it's definitely worth uh, keeping an eye on the, the Bruins, uh, you know, over the last 10, they're eight and two, uh, I think their, God, I think their record since the the trade deadline overall is like ten and two since uh, the you know, the Hall, Lazar, and Riley acquisitions. I mean, they are definitely the hottest team in the NHL since the deadline, and uh, it's definitely worth consider uh, considering you know their odds moving forward. As for, I mean, are there any other teams that are kind of catching my eye? I mean, not really. Like in the West Division, you know, like Lauren said. Her avalanche are always worth noting. Uh, they still have an outside shot of passing Vegas for the top seed out there, but uh, you know that any of those teams are going to be difficult to deal with come playoff time. And St. Louis, you know, even though 
Haley wants St. Louis to miss the playoffs, as, as we all do. Uh, they had a couple uh, nice wins over the Avalanche uh, recently, and they are 6-3-1 and one over the last 10. So they actually looked like they're rounding into form at the right time, unfortunately. But, yeah, it's just it's been, it's been cool to see really the last legitimate race seems to be Nashville and Dallas. Um, so as we stand here right now, Dallas just lost their second consecutive uh, overtime game. So, you know, kind of giving away some points. They have a game in hand on Nashville, but they still trail Nashville by four points for that final playoff spot in the Discover Central Division. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, you know, they, they, they still have a shot. Tyler Sagan made his return tonight, as we covered earlier. But it's going to be they're running out of games so we'll see if uh, if Dallas can wind up sneaking in there over Nashville but before we wrap things up for the evening I wanted to go around to my line mates and see if they had any empty netters for us and there have been like we alluded to earlier there have been some developments in the NHL tonight uh, specifically revolving around the uh, couple Washington Capitals players Um, you know I'm sure we're going to cover it but Lauren we'll start with you uh, do you have an empty netter for us as we wrap up t- uh, tonight's episode? Um, I just want to give a big middle finger to Tom Wilson. Um, there it is. Listen, I I know, well, technically, like now I think he would be a repeat offender. And I know that he cleaned up his act for those 100-whatever games. But you just, he's never going to change. Never once. Um He's in this league. He's playing these games to hurt people. And he proved that once again tonight. There's just absolutely no room for him in this league. And I don't know what he has to do for him to not necessarily get permanently banned, but like like postpone him, <laughs> suspend him for the rest of the season, for the playoffs, for some of next season. I don't know. I don't know what needs to be done. But I think he's been given enough chances where if they were to permanently suspend him, I wouldn't hate it. But it's just – it's getting ridiculous at this point. He's already concussed Brandon Carlo. Who knows if Artemi Panarin is okay if he's not concussed or whatever. He left the Rangers game tonight with an upper body injury. Um, we've just seen this over the years. We know what he's about. And he always looks so smug after he hurts somebody. And I don't know if that's just, you know, camera angles catching him at the wrong time. Uh, who knows if he's actually laughing at what happened. He probably is, but it's just like, it's just not, there's just no room for it. And I'm just sick of seeing it because I love watching fights in hockey. I don't want to watch somebody get intentionally injured and that could impact their life going forward. And the Capitals tweeted something very, very bad tonight. They ended up deleting it. Um, They must have deleted it within the last like 10 minutes. But, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it, that is no longer, but, you know, screenshots last forever. So that I'm sure that it's going to be floating around. But it's just, you know, something like that would be funny if he was just a pest and maybe he got into one or two kind of controversial hits and he never did it again. But he's not, he's not just a pest. Like, he's out there to hurt people. There needs to be something done. A statement needs to be made. And I just don't know what that statement is because – I just feel like you can't, the more you suspend him, like, okay, that's fine, but he's going to come back and do it again because he clearly doesn't, can't learn his lesson. And I just don't get it. I'm just so sick of it every single time. And there's always the people that are like always defending him. 
And listen, he's a great player. Yes, his stats show that he's a great player. But he's also a piece of human garbage who wants to intentionally injure people. And when you're going after somebody's head, when you're going after somebody's knees, you're going, at, like, you're going after the rest of their life. And you, that could severely impact the rest of their life while, they, while he gets to live his life however he wants. It's just, I've had it. I've just, I'm so over Tom Wilson. I want him out of the league. I don't want him to get hurt. I don't, like, I don't like these people like being like, oh, I want to like, smash his face in, break his legs. Like, let's not do that. Like, let's, let's not do the violence of violence thing. Let's just have him go out of the league for the rest of our lives. And that's all I could ask for. Yeah, very well said as usual. I mean, we did a whole episode on Tom Wilson earlier. I feel like I keep plugging our past episodes, but they're all very good. So uh, if you haven't listened to them, please do. And if you listened to them once before, listen to them again. Uh, but uh, we did a whole episode on Tom Wilson uh, following his, uh, you know, his suspension uh, for an elbow to the head of Brandon Carlo uh, back in, in March. Again, it's just no matter what he does, Capitals fans rush to his defense. And it's like, I, again, we just discussed this before. Just because someone's on your team does not mean that you are, you know, bound by, you know, blood to defend everything they do. You can say, hey, I'm a Capitals fan. And yeah, he shouldn't have done that. You know, and in this particular case, uh, you know, Tom Wilson punched uh, Pavel uh, Buchnevich in the, in the head tonight as he was, you know, on the ice in a prone position. Uh, it, like, uh, when is enough going to be enough with this guy? And uh, like you said, Lauren, the actions of the social media team, I know that they, you know, it's, it's an intern uh, oftentimes, but a lot of teams now actually have like, you know, full-blown social media teams that are uh, responsible for all these, uh, these posts. So, you know, I have to think that, you know, they thought like, okay, yeah, this is okay. Let's, uh, you know, I know there's been some discussion online about, you know, hockey teams wanting to have a brand, you know, like the, the Hurricanes have a, a brand. Uh, and it's one thing to, you know, mix it up and, and chirp uh, on Twitter. But when you are, you know, one of your players, you know, could have hurt someone and, you know, you're kind of bragging about it and saying, you know, like, oh, rent-free, haters going to hate. It's like, read the room, please read the room. So yeah, just really rough. Yeah. I, I just, it, the whole thing bothers me. Um, and you know, you also had uh, Alexander Ovechkin leave uh, the Capitals game earlier tonight after playing just 39 seconds. So not only do they have, you know, Tom Wilson, a potential suspension to worry about if uh, you know, he has a hearing with player safety, but they might not have Alex Ovechkin because he might not be physically able to play. So you know, we'll have to see what happens with the Caps, but thank you, Lauren. Uh, Hales, how about yourself? You have an empty netter for us here tonight. Yeah, I'm just going to talk about the same subject because I think it's really important. I feel like for a league that – I'm looking for the right word. For a league that really relies on player safety and really stands on player safety, they sure have been lacking that this season, and obviously not just with COVID situations because that's the majority of the – the times that we've critiqued player safety has been how they've handled COVID situations. But when you have a player that is consistently trying to physically hurt somebody, that's not just going to end their career, but could physically affect their health later in life. We've seen head injuries and how bad they are in the NFL. It just, I don't know how you can let him continue to play. 
especially after this, especially after punching somebody in a prone position and already giving another player a concussion in the same season. Like, how is it that the league hasn't already said you're suspended? I'm sorry. They're watching. They can see this. Player safety knows. Why do you even have to have a hearing on this? Suspend him and then consider ending his career because I don't believe that there is any other punishment that is suitable for a player like this than just leak suspension for good because you're not going to learn. You're not going to fix it. And if he is smiling after he does it, then there is something mentally wrong with him as well. So I didn't want to talk about anything else because it is such an important thing that you can have hockey fights and you can have that, I guess, little bit of violence that hockey is, that the entertainment side of it without having this side, without having purposeful violence to hurt another player just because you feel like it or you think that's going to help your team win at this point, if they don't suspend him or if no action is taken, then I, I don't, I don't even know. Like I'm going to continue to watch hockey, but I will never support the capitals if he continues to play on the ice, because that, I don't know. It's just a pet peeve of mine to go out there and physically try to hurt somebody on purpose. Not okay. Yeah. Uh, very well said again, just it's, it's inexcusable that this type of play is allowed to continue to allow to be uh, get away with. I mean, I cannot think, you know, kind of racking my brain of any other players in the league at this time who this is still a consistent problem with, uh, you know, there, there have been others uh, at, at other points in time, but it is just, it remains a problem with Tom Wilson and, you know, eventually, you know, cooler heads are not going to prevail. Eventually you will have someone retaliate and again, you know, uh, you know, like you guys were both saying, that's not good for anyone, you know, uh, you know, responding to violence with more violence. If someone, you know, loses their temper and tries to take it out on Tom Wilson, uh, does he have it, you know, quote unquote, coming to him perhaps, but that still doesn't make it okay. Uh, and, uh, and so that, you know, that, that, you know, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind as, as they say. So, I mean, just hopefully this can be resolved and hopefully player safety can make an example of him. I don't know what it's going to take at this point. This is again, someone who's been suspended as many as 20 games at one time. Does it take him being suspended for an entire season or the majority of an entire season to finally get the point? I don't know. We'll have to see. And we'll definitely keep our eyes on player safety. As for my empty netter, um, you know, going out on a little bit of a lighter note, even though it involves a team that I despise, um, Cole Caulfield, uh, one of the top prospects, the top prospect for the Montreal Canadiens, recently made his debut, a very, very talented player at uh, University of Wisconsin. I think he scored 30 goals uh, in this past season for, uh, for UW and, you know, was signed to his entry-level contract, made his debut for Montreal. He scored the other night uh, his uh, first NHL goal. It was an overtime winner. Uh, great way to score your first uh, NHL goal. He then scored his second NHL goal just this evening. Once again, an overtime winner to beat Toronto. So having your first two goals be, you know, OT winners, that's pretty cool. Um, again, not a team that I like. In fact, it's a team that I despise. So given that Cole Caulfield is very good, he'll probably wind up being a player I despise, not due to anything that he does, but just because he's very talented. Uh, but congratulations to Cole Caulfield, nonetheless. It's really exciting to have these up-and-coming prospects make an impact right away for their new teams. And we talked about uh, Trevor Zegras. Um, you know, we talked about 
a number of different prospects, uh, you know, coming up and making their, uh, their NHL debuts this year. So continue to ride that wave. A lot of these guys, again, played uh, for the, um, uh, you know, the U20 men's uh, championships. So congratulations to Cole Caulfield. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on his career as it develops. But that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Uh, thank you once again to my fantastic line mates for recording and recording late on a, on a Monday evening to boot. Um, Lauren, we'll start with you. Uh, can you uh, let our listeners know where else they can find you online, where they can get your coverage and, uh, and you know, where else they can listen to you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at la 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 Lauren. That's three laws and then Lauren with four R's. You can find all of my Bruins coverage and Red Sox coverage on Nesson.com. We are obviously getting into the playoff season now, so we will be super busy giving you content 24-7. So please check that out. We're super excited for that. You can also hear me on the Stealing Second podcast uh, here on FTF Media and also on the Nesson Bruins pod once a week on Nesson.com. You can find that wherever you get your podcast as well. So I think that's it. Um, if I missed anything, I'm sure that you lovely listeners can fill me in. Absolutely. I mean, as usual, we really appreciate uh, everything that Lauren does for us. Um, so, you know, jumping uh, from Bruins coverage to recording Snipe and Selly, it's just, it does not go unnoticed and, and we love Lauren. As for my other line mate, Hales, uh, who also does a million things for us here at FTF Media, uh, where can all of our listeners find you online? You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at CSI Haley and on TikTok at CSI Haley 91. You can find me co-hosting and co-running social media for Gridiron Girls and Fierce and Flawed. That is at Girls Gridiron on Twitter and Gridiron Girls Pod on Instagram and at Fierce and Flawed on Twitter and Fierce and Flawed Pod on Instagram. You can also follow us here at For the Fans Media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all one word strung out together, all spelled out for the fans media. And check out forthefansmedia.com so that you can see all of our blogs, video blogs. You can keep up with all of our podcasts on there. And make sure you're also subscribed to our Twitch because there's going to be a lot of live streams coming in the future. Absolutely. Streaming is going to be huge for us. Uh, again, that first live stream that we did um, for the NFL draft uh, this past week was a huge success. Uh, mainly people viewed through Twitter, but we also have Twitch. Uh, and yeah, we're going to continue to find ways to put fantastic content in front of people. As for myself, I can be found on Twitter at Mark Pacelli13. That is P I S E L L I. I can be heard on a number of FTF media podcasts, including Nerd Pod uh, with our fantastic Christian, Views from the Rafters, which is our uh, FTF media basketball podcast as well as on Fierce and Flawed with Haley and some of our other fantastic ladies here at FTF Media. Like Haley said, please check out ForTheFansMedia.com as well, uh, where you can catch everything that, uh, that you know, anything that we're, we're doing, uh, you know, video content, uh, blogs, et cetera, uh, find our podcast there. It's a great resource. But that is going to do it for us for tonight's episode. Thank you all so much once again for listening. We appreciate your support as always. And until the next time we uh, catch you, enjoy the action on the ice.